Hello, I almost said good morning, everybody, but hello, everybody, and happy new year. It is Two Spot Monkeys Live. Welcome back uh, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is Two Spot Monkeys Live. Hey, we're starting off the year with a bang. I am Jim, uh, and I am joined, as always, by Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm great, Jim. Happy New Year. Uh, great to be with you, and thanks, listeners, for joining us on uh, uh, episode 73, but the first of 2022. Absolutely, and and I apologize for the other uh, special guest this week, which is the frog in my throat. Um, I'll try and mute any coughs along the way, but apologies if any sneak through, and just that I sound <clears throat> a little uh, froggy. It's just a head cold, thankfully. I've been tested for COVID. I'm, I'm fine, uh, but it's just annoying, if nothing else, at this point in life. So, tis the season, unfortunately, for that kind of stuff, but... Uh, well, Tom, I thought we would uh, just jump right into it this morning, and we can start off. Uh, WWE had day one last week, which, of course, was our first head-to-head uh, picking for the year. I think Royal Rumble will be our next uh, head-to-head if I have the schedule laid out quite, quite right. But uh, some changes after we made our picks uh, a little bit later on in the weekend, actually right before the show, really, about an hour before the show. Uh, Roman Reigns, unfortunately, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, He has been medically cleared as of the time we're recording this, so that's good. Glad to hear he's doing well, especially given his his other health situations. Um, You know, I'm just glad. Forget the wrestling part of it. I think we're glad that the guy himself is okay. Um, But it led to a change that I think in the end might have actually worked out more interestingly um, in that Brock Lesnar ended up in the four-way, now five-way WWE title match, and obviously the, the universal title match didn't happen. Um, so we just threw both of those matches out of our head-to-head. And that means, uh, Tom, you are undefeated to start the season in head-to-head, 5-0 and oh, uh, with the other five matches. And I, as usual, am trailing at 4-1, 4-1. Four one, four one. That uh, SmackDown tag match was the difference. I had the New Day winning, you had the Usos. And I'll be honest, as I was watching the match and kind of how it was ro- playing out, I was like, oh, I'm going to be wrong on this one. Uh, so, uh, but so congratulations, five and zero to start the season. Uh, we have the Royal Rumble, which is always an interesting one because we usually, I think, have picked the final four in the Rumble as well, or at least maybe we've talked about it. Maybe it hasn't counted in our picks. I don't remember. Uh, <clears throat> but the Royal Rumble itself, I think, will be very interesting to see who we pick to win it. Because I'll be honest, right now, I don't know who I'd pick to win either Rumble. So you're not picking Johnny Knoxville is what I'm gathering? I mean, he's high on my list because he's he's one of the six announced. So I'd say he's, you know, got the best shot right now. But uh, no, Dominic Mysterio is probably my good word. No, uh, run, run, uh, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to take the flowers yet, even though, even with a one match lead after one event. Uh, but yeah, R- Rumble is always a tough one to pick. So that that is our next one. And then I think we have the month of February with no, with no events. Uh, well, if we want to pick, they have uh, they haven't officially announced, but the report came out yesterday. Saudi Arabia is happening in February. <laughs> uh, Saudi in February, nothing like. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Where do you go with that? Um, so we did pick Crown Jewel last last uh, season. So would this, would this be? This is probably not Crown Jewel. It's probably like I don't know. I think they have a different name for their February, like. Is it Super Showdown or something? I mean, that was in Australia. I don't know. Bad Blood. B-A-D-D. Oh, oh, that's... Oh, Tom. And Two Spot Monkeys has been canceled, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, Tom. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever their February shows, whatever that is, we might pick it. Um, they're probably going to treat it like their February pay-per-view. Um, but you're right. There is not a February well, pay-per-view. And I, and I don't mean to jump in and already come, come yeah. back with the correction. Pay-per-views are no longer a thing for uh, Yeah, I was WWE. just going to say that. Go ahead. <laughs> Premium live events, Jim. Premium live events. Premium live events. This rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Premium live event of the year. Bud, can they that PLE's coming to our to our town next month? You can't wait to go, right? Well, and the funny thing is, live events, the way they've talked about things in the past have always been house shows. So because you have TV tapings, you have pay-per-views, and then you had live events, which were the house shows. Literally, the logo used to say WWE Live Event in Grand Rapids, Michigan, or whatever. <clears throat> so now this is a premium live event, so it's just a glorified house show. Cool. Now at least we know what they're called. Um, just, yeah. Vince gets into his wordings about uh, contusions and medical facilities and championships and superstars and premium live events. We can just add that to the list of stupid things that Vince talks about. Um, we'll talk about some other things, stupid things WWE is doing in a minute. But before we get there, let's just talk about day one a little bit, Tom. Uh, I did not see the pre-show match, so that is what it is. I mean, Ridge Holman got his face busted by Ricochet. Oh, Shane. I did see it. Now that you say that, I did see the pre-show match. Yes. How forgettable Ridge, then. <laughs> Ridge Holland got his face exploded. Um, ouch. I mean, hey, stuff happens. You know, not nobody's fault. It happens, but. Ouch. But uh, so Sheamus gets the almost handicap win, although Ridge Holland gets credit for a win, um, although he wasn't able to finish the match. I, I, you know, it, it is kind of funny because Sheamus dealt with that broken nose for so long and wore the mask and everything. Like they could have some fun with this. I get, you know, try to turn lemons into lemonade kind of thing with Ridge Holland if they want to. Like, I had to break my nose because you broke your nose or I, you know, I, since he's kind of Seamus is like puppy dog lackey, which is a great way to book a guy that looks and works like Rich Holland. But anyways, I had high hopes for Rich Holland. Maybe they'll still save him, but yet again, another NXT guy they bring up. And I, I don't think used the way they could have right off the bat. I think well, he could have come in as a star. And not to, not to just start off on just the worst note, you know, and, and be super critical, I understand injuries happen, right? But like, and Sheamus is a is a perennial superstar. However, you want to use that term, but you should not win a match when you lose your partner. Like, call an audible, have Cesaro and Ricochet win, run this match back on Friday night SmackDown, and then and then and then change the you know or do the plan finish. Like, again, if we're if we're treating this like an authentic sporting event, right? You know, when injuries happen, it usually impacts the other side. So notice I didn't say team, but in this case, it would be a team. Right. So I don't know. Just a, no, 100%. I, I don't. I don't want to beat up the WWE because I thought day one in in general was a really good event. Um, you know, my 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 fandom of WWE is definitely not where it was a year ago at this time. Nonetheless, I didn't. I thought they did a really good job with this especially on the heels of, you know, that, that un- unexpected, or maybe it was expected. Maybe it was actually just broken on the day of the show, but maybe Roman had tested positive right. for COVID prior to that. But again, that'll be probably a point of contention that many people hold. Right. 
No, and I agree with you on that. They should have called the Audible because let's also be honest. You had to call an Audible in your world title programs and you called that. And I realized that didn't happen mid-match. That was something you had a little bit of time to talk about. The storyline between Seamus and Rick and Ridge Holland and Ricochet and, and Cesaro is not nearly that important. So, okay, if Cesaro and Ricochet got a win today, you're going to ignore it like it didn't happen anyways. So you easily can do that. And, you, and at this level, you can do that in a storyline if there's even really a storyline going on right now between those four. So I agree. It, they should have called the audible. Um, in the end, they made Seamus look like a world beater. So I guess we'll see if they follow up on that. Spoiler alert. I'm sure they won't. Um, so the funny thing is, Tom, I listened back to our year end um, podcast from the last one we did in 2020. Uh, we'll talk more about that a little later on in the show. But we, numerous times through that show, we said, you know, and we don't want this to be just a beat up on WWE podcast. And I laughed because I was like, I feel like that's what it's been for 2021. But it, we're just being honest. And we, we slid further down the slope we did, 20, we did. in 21. But it's not, it's, it's not our fault. I mean, we, we were, we're the consumers. We're the right. watchers. We're going to react to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. And and I made a comment on that show that I'll, I'll just reiterate here. If you like what WB is presenting, good. I'm glad somebody does. That's, you know, everybody should like what they like. This is just two guys' opinions about what we like and what we enjoy um, and what we'd like to see. So if you enjoy it, my, my comment then was um, we were kind of talking a little bit about the Street Profits and Viking Raiders in their cinematic match that involved the Trash Monster. Uh, and And I said, if you liked that, God bless you. Good for you. If retribution was hitting for you, good for you. Uh, <clears throat> so I just laughed as I heard that because I'm like, man, if we didn't talk about retribution and the trash monster every week for a while last year, <clears throat> we wouldn't have had a show. But, um, it, you know, so if you enjoy that, you know, what they're doing, great. Um, I agree with you, though. I think day one as a whole was, was a pretty good show. Um, let's let's talk about the rest of it, though. Uh, we have the, the WWE or the SmackDown, excuse me, tag title match to start the show i'm just getting to the results here um obviously we know that one the usos win usos new day can they have a bad match no i mean so this was what you expected out of it it was a really good tag match um really good way to start the show you know got the crowd more into it i thought the crowd actually was a really was really into what they were doing most of the night um so kudos to to a crowd that was hot and ready for, you know, some, some good wrestling, uh, Drew McIntyre, Mad Cat Moss. So here it went too long. That was my only thing. Matt, they seem like they want to do something with Moss and here's an idea. I think I said this last time, change his name, give him a better gimmick. Like being the guy who tells bad jokes is not going to get him over especially when that literally is his gimmick. Not like John Cena, who had his gimmick and there would be bad jokes in there, but it was kind of a, there was still more to it. This is literally this guy's gimmick. I tell bad jokes, happy and I laugh, blah. Um, so Drew gets the win later in the night, though. They attack uh, happy and, and madcap. Happy and madcap. Does that even sound like, are we talking about Saturday morning cartoons here? Seriously, yeah. That sounds, that sounds like maybe an adult swim cartoon. Right. On the Cartoon Network or whatever that. Yeah. Uh, Corbin and Moss. Let's use their last names because I feel a little 
less six years old when I say that. Um, Corbin Moss attacked McIntyre and uh, take him out of commission. He's got an actual neck injury that he's been dealing with since 2016. Um, and they're getting it checked out. That's why they did that angle. That is not where he got hurt. He's been dealing with it since, since his days on the Indies. Um, I hope Drew's not out for a while, but I also hope he gets healthy. So I don't know. What do you think about the match, though, Tom, and, and, and the angle afterwards? Yeah, so for this entire event, save for the main event, I had it on in the background while I was working. Um, so uh, one thing that I'm not doing in 2022 is keeping track of the number of matches I watch. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm being a little bit less discerning about the full attention I give maybe when wrestling's on. There are definitely will be events that I do give 100% of my attention to. There will be things like this, like, like Raw, perhaps, or other things um, that I have on in the background. But... Um, Again, though, this this didn't make me feel strong one way or the other. I think the angle's fine. Again, I think the the, the eventual match that would be coming out of this, no matter what, when it all started, was McIntyre Corbin. So, you know, to me, this is a, a means to further the story and get us there eventually. Yeah, and I thought the attack was well done and actually gave Corbin and Moss a little bit more of an edge. We'll see if they do anything again with that. I feel like I'm saying that a lot. I probably will continue to. Um, but, you know, if they turn into a little more edgier um, and less haha, I, I think in many cases that would be good for characters in WWE. Uh, we have a comment that appears to be a spam comment, so that's fun. Awesome. Well, the next match after this was the Raw Tag Team title match. Uh, RK Bro retained over the Street Profits. Again, we both had picked that. Um, I think we probably wouldn't have been entirely surprised if the Prophets had dethroned them, uh, them being the champs. Uh, again, RK Bro's reign continues. Uh, the big thing here was the uh, involvement of rap uh, group Migos uh, being uh, with um, Orton, and, Orton and Riddle, uh, kind of being in their corner, even though they really they came out with them, but then they sat ringside. Um very interesting. They're they're from the Atlanta area, so that was the tie-in. Yeah, and I have to admit, I know nothing about Migos. That is, um, that's a genre I'm just, you know, not into. Um, again, those who like it, great, wonderful. But I like when they say they're the hottest group in the world right now or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. So I get why you do it. Um, that makes sense. You know, if they're they're a, a top act in the music world right now. The minute they came out with RK Bro, I'm like, well, we're right on our prediction here because you're not going to send, you know, this huge rap group out with them and then have them lose the titles. Like that just doesn't happen. So, did it? We're the we're, next next week. We're going to be the two spot amigos, not right. amigos, amigos, amigos. Yes. <laughs> and I, I guess I'll give them credit. Um, credit's going to be a strong word, but we're going to use it. Um, we, I'll give them credit. The typical WWE thing would have been send Migos out with the Street Profits. I I felt the same. I felt the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I and I was glad they didn't do that. Um, and again, after this match, again there was a sign of respect between both teams right. uh, because again they're both baby faces as of as of as of this match and maybe for the foreseeable future. Right. So, so I'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. And, and it would have been weird to send them out with Street Profits and then have the Profits lose. Um, so maybe that was more the reason they did it. But I'll go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt and just say 
yeah, it was it was good that they didn't do the stereotypical thing because ethnic stereotypes is a thing that WWE is really, really, really strong in. Um, and I don't know that it's always great that they're strong in that. Uh, then we moved into Edge and The Miz, and uh, it went 20 minutes because Edge cannot have a match on a premium live event that does not go at least 20 minutes. It went 20 minutes on the nose, so they hit the very edge of it, but no pun intended. Um, you know, I think this match did exactly what I, I thought it would, which was set up the mixed tag. Uh, I, I picked Edge. I kind of, you, you know, as we talked about last week, I kind of wanted to pick The Miz to set it up. They just went a little different route. They, they did what I thought, but they went a little different route. And I'm so I'm glad I picked Edge because I, at least I'm not more behind. Well, so now the question becomes with, um, you know, the, the mixed tag coming next. And I forget, I forget is the wrong term. I don't know. It seemed like they might have either started to set that up or did set that up on Raw for the Rumble. They um, did for the Rumble, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, so, again, I got about... 30 minutes into raw and my DVR recording was being goofy. And I just said, you know what? It's raw. I'll just go look at the results. Um, <laughs> uh, that tells you how I feel. Uh, um, I got, I saw that the, the, the Brock and Heyman segment. Uh, and then the first match was about what all I needed to see. Um, I, I wonder, I wonder, I will wonder how this continues to build and, 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 and if it's, if it ends at rumble or if, Miz and Maurice get the win at Rumble, leading us to something more. I don't know what that something more would be as we talked this morning, but it's but it's a thought that I have. Yeah, it, at this point, I'm I would be picking Edge and, and Phoenix, but there's also a bit of me that says if you have this feud, you have Edge win the singles match, then you have Edge and Phoenix win the tag match. What's the point? Like, where where are we going with this? Uh, the Raw Women's Title match was next. Becky Lynch over Liv Morgan. I thought this was good. I, uh, I'll agree with you. This is actually this was the probably the second best match of the night, in my opinion. Again, granted, I was watching you know kind of with eyes on two different locations, but yeah, I thought it was strong. Yeah, and the only thing I don't love is on Raw now they've set up a number one contenders match for this coming week, uh, which includes Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Dewdrop. Um, I don't love Liv being in that situation because she's taken two, two losses to Becky now. So I kind of feel like Liv should have to rebuild herself a little bit, get some wins. Um, and before she gets back into the picture, I think she is, is a good character and is, has gotten, we've talked about gotten very, very good in the ring or much better in the ring. I don't know what the right word is. Um, a whole lot better than she used to be. That's for sure. She's definitely improved. Um, she would be on my list you know, if we talk, we'll talk awards a little bit in a minute here, but um, most improved. I think she could be on that list for 2021. Uh, <clears throat> Did I'm you curious observe... to see where they're going to go for the Rumble, though. Do you have Bianca win the number one contenders match and do that? I feel like Bianca Becky could be main, your mania match. So do you do it at Rumble? Right. And, and, um, Bianca won Rumble last year. Is that correct? She did. Yep. Okay. So I don't think that you run it back and have her win again now. Yeah. That's a wow. That's tough. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where they go. Again, that's the next few weeks, you know, for nothing else than just having interest towards, you know, the Rumble being a traditional like pillar event for WWE. I will be interested to see how things come together 
Johnny Knoxville jokes aside, did you did you observe at the end the uh, that Becky tried to use the ropes and was yeah. too far away? So I think she actually was supposed to win this she match, was, yeah, less than clean, and then then it, then it didn't it didn't actually happen. So again, I don't know if they followed up on that on Raw or not, or um, it, I don't think so so much. Other than I wonder if that's why Liv was supposed to like be in the number one contender thing again because yeah, she lost twice, but it was supposed to be with the foot on the ropes, yeah, but it didn't happen. So. But much like WWE, you know, they just kind of went, oh, we pretended it happened. Um, for those who are not watching on YouTube, I covered my eyes. Um, you know, and and now we'll just pretend it happened. And and that's, you know, it's amazing that you did that for, you know, for our viewers and then for the listeners who heard you say you covered your eyes. That's actually how also the writers write the product. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and the fun part is we have exactly zero live watchers right now. Um, so nobody saw me do that except you, Tom. But um, maybe people watch this back. I know sometimes we do get some views on YouTube later. Um, so uh, anyways, and then the main event, Brock Lesnar wins the WWE title in the five-way over Big E, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Seth Rollins. I thought this was really good. It was it was a sprint, and it's a sprint yeah. with some big guys. Uh, again, Rollins not really a big guy, but he's a big talent. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, there was some... five of your top five of your top six guys, I would say, you know, with Roman being the other one right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and lots of fun interplay uh, with the, with everybody involved too. So this is one of those things where I think that, you know, th- th- there's times where, you know, going and saying all of these finishers getting hit, you know, is damaging to them. Uh, this, this wasn't the case. I, I, I didn't feel that it was. Is Jim Ross on our podcast right now? <laughs> I thought it was fine here. Absolutely. Um, and, and I only say that because at the end of the uh, Hangman-Danielson match on Wednesday, I don't know if you caught it, uh, Ross made sure to say about three times, and it only took one finisher. It only took one finisher for him to win. And I'm like, all right, Boomer. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways... I agree with you. This was a sprint. Uh, apparently, in, in listening to things with uh, with Fightful this week, it was originally scheduled to go like 30 minutes, including entrances, and it went like 20. I, you know, they don't know why the change happened, but I think it was better um, being a sprint and just being boom, 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 and then the win, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, Brock Lesnar is the WWE champion. Uh, <clears throat> I, this sets up interesting things. On Raw, they set up... Uh, the Royal Rumble match for Brock Lesnar. So it's going to be Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, which a lot of people, including myself, and I think you too, Tom, have been looking forward to since Lesnar returned. Um, They've kept Lashley strong for the most part um, since they've elevated him. And uh, I think this is going to be really, really good uh, at the Royal Rumble. I'm I'm looking forward to the Rumble. I love the Rumble anyways because it's a Rumble. um, And I love the Royal Rumble. But... You know, the mixed tag with Edge and Beth Phoenix and, and Miz and Maurice is going to be what it is. It'd be nice to see Beth back in the ring. Um, but this match, Lesnar and Lashley, sign me up. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I will not see the Rumble live, but I, I will be spoiler-free and watching it on Sunday. So. Yeah, cra- cra- crazy that it's on Saturday. I, I, I had to re- I'd recall that that was a reality for us now. And, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just a unique shift. I think there's a lot more events this year that are happening on Saturdays. There 
which is so interesting because it's like the old boxing or UFC mentality, which is a, a really dynamic shift for WWE. Not that we had to unpack that fully. Um, I did one thing I will say again, just to add on one more piece of praise to the main event. You know, I love when the winning person in a title change beats the cha- or pins the champion or submits the champion. And Lesnar did that with Big E. Uh, man, and, and 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 I know there's been a lot of commentary online about how poorly Big E was promoted and booked as champion. And there's data out there. Again, our our research team actually got 2022 off. So, listeners, I know this is episode one for 2022. Um, you, if you get stats or actual factual info here, then Jim and I just got lucky. Um, yeah, that was by accident. Absolutely. <laughs> that's probably not the thing you want to say when you're when you're trying to have people listen to your show. Uh, it's tongue it's a tongue in cheek statement, everyone. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Biggie deserves more, better, something additional. Who knows when or what that will be. It's it's likely he could be the guy who wins the Rumble. And I would imagine Lesnar gets through Lashley, perhaps. Uh, it, it, the, the, big, the big unknown, and again, we don't know anything yet because they haven't even had a chance to interact, is where do Roman Reigns and Lesnar go from here? Because now they both have world championships. And they both have an issue. I I think it's possible we get a unification match at Mania. I don't know that Fox and USA would love that though. They're gonna want each one a champion on the brand they have. And you're not gonna have them work both night, the champ work both nights every week. So I I don't think that happens. I there's an outside shot. Like I could see a world. And spoiler alert, I probably won't pick it this way when we pick our Royal Rumble picks, but maybe, who knows? We'll see how they build it. I could see a world where Bobby Lashley beats Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Big E wins the Royal Rumble. And at Mania, you have Reigns and Lesnar for the Universal title, and you have Bobby Lashley and Big E for the WWE title. I that that could I could see it. I could see it. I don't know if it'll happen. We'll see. I I think if you said, hey, I need you to make a decision today, make a prediction today, my my inclination is Roman's going to cost Brock the title. Against whom, I don't know for sure. Lashley could make a lot of sense, um, especially because I think Roman remains strong as the heel. Lesnar, not a bona fide babyface, but can be more so. And especially if Roman you know causes him to lose. That shifts, and it's even weird because of the Heyman dynamic. Uh, but then Lashley as the heel, even though which which actually could maybe turn Lashley babyface if Roman is the one that I don't know. Lots of moving parts there, and I'm thinking out loud in real time. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see because I, I do think the 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 money match, whenever it happens, and maybe it's Mania, is still Lesnar reigns. Yeah, no, I agree. And and if we don't get Lesnar Reigns at Mania, I will be stunned. Because um, I just think that's what they, they're planning on, and WWE gets really hard-headed on these things sometimes. So I, I do think that's where we're headed. How we get there will be interesting to watch. So, hey, kudos. They did something that made me interested in, in watching how this plays out. So good job, WWE. Um, 
you turn lemons into lemonade, perhaps, or at least have given yourself a chance to. All right. Well, I don't know how to pivot to bad news, but let's just do it. Uh, WWE released uh, a number of backstage talents, uh, not on air talents anymore, uh, but although three of them were on air talents, uh, well, four of them uh, were on air talents in some way in the last six months. But uh, WWE has released a number of, like I said, NXT backstage, including uh, three people I think that are most noticeable or most notable, excuse me, noticeable. Uh, William Regal gets released from WWE. Gabe Sapolsky, uh, who formerly is, is maybe more notable in our realm and our world of um, wrestling fandom because of his time in Ring of Honor and Evolve. And uh, Samoa Joe was released as well. Um, along with Danny Burch and Timothy Thatcher and Road Dog and Scott Armstrong and uh, some others. Uh, nothing, I don't mean to sound dismissive of the others, but those are just the names that came to my head really quick. Here we go again. I mean, here we go again. It's we're six days at that point, five days into the the new year, and here we go with the releases. What what were your thoughts, Tom, when you saw these names? Well, as these have had uh, an ongoing trend over the last ninety plus days or more, and then you you read, you hear, you see. The, the the record profits that this organization this, this this company is doing you just go what's going on like like what what is the shift of what is the what is the shift of of ideology here when you're letting creative minds who really can be a benefit to growing the future talents and being part of like engaging television which again ideally then draws strong ratings and gets viewers um which then drives profits because they buy your merch and yada 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 letting these people go doesn't doesn't make sense on paper now again Samoa Joe it's over the last I think 18 months to a year it's happened a few different times so that that isn't a surprise to me and if he can find his way to being medically cleared um, he can be very strategic about making some money if he wants to get back in the ring with some very specific matches. Uh, Gabe, I'm pretty sure Gabe had just re-signed a deal. I think he posted on that um, somewhere. Um, you know, I'm I'm friends with him on Facebook. Uh, sorry, I'm not bragging. It's it's just the thing. Um, again, Gabe. Uh, was, a, was an asset to us when we launched Two Spot Monkeys in its first iteration because he made a lot of connections for us with some of the guys that we interviewed. Um, so disappointing to think that, that you know, again, what, this is, I think, let me finish my first thought. Disappointing that that happened. The second statement I'll make is it doesn't seem like the left hand and the right hand know what they're doing. Because if you have someone who's re-signing employees, talents, and then less than three weeks later or less than a month later, they're gone. You have to just go, what? And and, and more egregious, and we'll get back to Regal too, and I, and I, and I want to hear your thoughts as well. Um, Allison Danger, yep. the former Allison Danger, uh, who was in Shimmer and Ring of Honor, she had been hired to be a coach down in NXT. And she had lived in Las Vegas, and she um, 
moved her entire family, including a, a young child, uh, to, to Orlando to, to be here and to do this. And it, from the sounds of it, from what I've read online, um, the, the firing happened on the first day back to school for her child. And this was the first day of school in the new school, having come to Florida from Nevada. Again, I know that the universe isn't kind and there is no right time to lose your job. All of that being said, the the empathy uh, and the sympathy, because I have both in this situation for someone who I have no personal connection to. I'm a parent. Uh, I'm, 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 a, I'm an employee. So I, I, I put myself in thinking, man, if I picked up my life and moved across country for what perhaps was a dream job where I saw a big future and then this happens, it, it, it just, it, it's vinegar in your mouth. Yeah. And I, I was going to bring up the danger thing too. So thanks for doing that, Tom. Um, shame on WWE. I, I, I mean, that's just the only way I can say it. Shame on WWE. You know, un, unless it was for cause in any way, which it doesn't sound like there's even a hint that it had anything like that to do with her <clears throat> or any of these people. It's just not right. Yeah. I, I hope that they give her a severance package of some sort that helps um, cover the cost of uprooting her life and, and rerooting it if need be, if she decides to go back to, to Vegas or whatever and, and uproot her kid's life again. Um, I, I get it's business, but you can do business in a way and not be heartless. And, and they've proven time and time again that, <clears throat> you know, they're heartless on it. So, Joe, I think if he wants to work, I saw one of our friends said that um, he thought he looked really bad against Cross. I, I guess I didn't think Joe looked that bad against Cross. I, maybe I have to go back and watch that match. Yeah, I didn't respond to that, but my first thought when I read that was that was Cross, not Joe. Right. <laughs> and, right. Again, and I think and I think Cross as a talent is super solid. Again, he just needs the right person to have a really, really, really good match, and, and that's not Joe. Right. And and Cross is a really good character, and we know that his in-ring work was coming. Uh, and now he's kind of joined up, it seems like, with uh, EC3 and Titan in the control your narrative kind of thing. Uh, that could be a really interesting trio to bring in somewhere. Uh, I don't know. We, we'll see. That's a different story. Um, but I agree. I think that might have been a little more Cross than Joe. Uh, although, we'll see. Maybe Joe... if. It, I get the impression Joe wants to work and WDE wasn't going to let him at any length of time for whatever reason. I, I haven't seen his medical records, nor would I know what they said if I did. So I know there are people who say, Oh, he couldn't get cleared by anybody. And you know, then he got cleared, you know, for one match and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's all conjecture. It's all whatever. You're not a medical doctor. Stop it. Um, if Joe can find medical doctors who are looking out for Joe's best interest that think it's safe for him to work, then I'm okay with him working. I'd love to see Joe back in the ring. And I agree with you. I think there's some, some big money matches and depending on what his no compete is, because was he transferred to an employee status and not wrestler? And what kind of a non-compete does he have working in the back versus when he was a wrestler? 
and even if it's a 90-day one, I'm not 100% sure of the date, if I'm Ring of Honor and I'm actually going to run Supercard of Honor in April, I'm paying Joe whatever amount of money he wants to have him work that show to come back. If you have, let's just fantasy book this for two quick seconds, Gresham versus Bandito on top for the undisputed Ring of Honor World Championship and Samoa Joe versus insert name here of somebody buzzworthy as your co-main event, you're selling a crap ton of tickets. I mean, if, if those are your top two matches, and then maybe you get the Briscoes if they're not signed or if they're signed to some sort of a deal where they can still work Ring of Honor. If if Ring of Honor comes back in April, and that's a whole different conversation for another episode um, that we've had already in some ways, Joe hitting the market for them is like the lottery if they can yeah. figure out how to make that work. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Gabe, I think it'd be interesting to see if Gabe wants to stay in wrestling or does he go do something else with his life? I think he's done. Uh, there's been a couple of posts that he's had on Twitter in the last uh, 36 hours or so. And he goes, you know, this is, this, this is it. And he goes, you know, he goes, and I'm grateful for like the, the ride I've had, or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of how that's come across to me. And I, I kind of have seen those two. And I, I thought that as well. So I, if Gabe Sapolsky's done in the wrestling business, then you know we'll need to have a lot more long form conversation some some episode around uh, the legacy of Gabe Sapolsky in, in wrestling because I think it's worthy of that and and is um, worthy of honoring him for what he has done. I know he's you know there are legendary stories about his uh, blow ups and his temper tantrums for lack of a better word um, in the back, but. Um, if it isn't for Gabe Sapolsky, there are an awful lot of guys who are in WWE that uh, we might not have seen on the level we did and, and may never have made it to WWE. Who knows? Um, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. And the other guy is Regal, um, who I, I saw a tweet from Gargano um, that basically said if it wasn't for Regal, a lot of the indie guys that got into NXT wouldn't have gotten in. We know Regal has been at PWG shows in the past scouting. We know he's been at other shows, evolved back when that was still running. Um if I'm AEW, I'm signing William Regal, whether it's for an on-air role or not, but as somebody in the back who can coach and who can help you scout and who can help you do that, I am I am bringing William Regal on board if I'm AEW, no question asked. Yeah, I completely agree. I think of all of these people, uh, the writing was on the wall for Regal because he, they stopped using him as an on-air character. This, the situation was really different with Joe because um, the, the, you know, the medical clearance for being in ring, you know, when, when, he, when, he, when he lost the title or when he was no longer NXT champion. Yeah, it, again, the, the level of like, belief out there and the amount of praise for William Regal as being a, uh, a talent cultivator um it's 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 amazing to go we want to we want to groom our future in our developmental but let's not do it with William Regal what doesn't doesn't add up to me yeah i <laughs> it makes zero sense but it's wb i you know and they have dismantled the backstage and the in ring of Triple H's vision of NXT and, and have put in their NXT 2.0 vision. And, and I have to say, I enjoyed New Year's Evil. 
I thought it was a really good show. It's a very different show than what it used to be. And we've talked about that before. Um, but this is the way they're going. And, and if I'm Triple H at this point, you know, he's still recovering from his cardiac issue that happened uh, over the, the summer, I want to say. Um, I don't know, a while back anyways. It sounds like he's he's recovering well, but it was a sounds like it was a pretty serious, you know, situation. Um, dude, go sit on a beach somewhere and and f these guys at that point. You know, I mean, if I'm him, like, okay, they didn't they didn't want his vision anymore, and and you know they want to blame him for NXT losing the Wednesday Night War or whatever, whatever, like. I, Whatever. I, I think we joked about it before, but how awkward are the holiday dinners now? Oh man. With uh with father in law Vince <laughs> and wife Stephanie, <laughs> right? Uh maybe and maybe even brother in law Shane. Uh if everyone if, if and when everyone comes together. Yeah, fly on the wall, man, for that those. That would be something. So I you know, good luck to everybody. I you know, I think Timothy Thatcher and, and Danny Birch will land on their feet if they want to be in rings. I, GCW, I could see bringing in Timothy Thatcher for sure. That seems to be a fit. Uh, the NWA would be a really good fit for him too, actually, either Birch or him. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see either of them in AEW or at any... Uh, Tony Khan said he's going to be more discerning in in signing people this year, um, which I think he needs to be because we talked about the, the size of that uh, roster. And, and you can't use everybody. So I think you got to pick and choose. I think there are some people out there that he still could sign um, and and be, would be useful. But I don't see Thatcher or Birch on that. Joe Joe could be if he wants to do that. But, again, man, you got lots of people. Well, let's talk about AEW for a quick second time. We haven't done that in a few weeks. Kyle O'Reilly is all elite, uh, along with Jake Atlas and other people and Every week it's almost, you know, it, it does feel a little, I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it feels a little WCW-ish for right, right at this point, where it's like every week, who's going to show up? Somebody new is going to jump. Um, you know, Monday Night War, when that was happening back and forth, um, it's not happening fourth right now. It's only happening one direction. Um, until, what, 2025 is the bidding war for MJF? Is that what he says? Um, 24, 25? Uh <clears throat> So, uh, but Kyle O'Reilly debuts, they're certainly teasing uh, dissension with the Young Bucks and the newly formed, reformed Undisputed Era. They're not calling them that, obviously. They can't. That's WWE's intellectual property. Um, they haven't really called them anything, although I did notice on Wednesday night, uh, Kyle and Bobby Fish wearing Red Dragon t-shirts. So that name is back for their tag team. Yeah, and when they, they had, I think it was Rampage last Friday, the six man, they came out under the red dragon, like uh, Titan Tron. It's not okay. Tron, but hey, we need a, we need a name for the AW screen. My bad. Yeah, the the Contron Elite Tron Contron Contron. I like Contron better. Um, I, I gotta say, I'm loving all of it. I'm loving everything. Not, I don't know, maybe not everything. I'm sure if I nitpicked something out of AW. There's something I'm not loving, but they still got me right, right where they've had me for a while, which is I need to see most everything. I will admit uh, I skipped over the Cody Rhodes, Ethan Page match last week on Rampage. I was trying to catch up on wrestling and 
Cody's fine, you know, and in big matches, I think he's really good. Ethan Page just does nothing for me. So that match just really didn't intrigue me much. And I knew there was no chance Ethan Page was winning that match. Uh, so I, but O'Reilly, Cole, Fish, I like that they're doing something with Bobby Fish because I feel like when he first came in, he was just kind of there. Um, the Young Bucks, obviously, at some point, we get Kenny Omega back. Um, and I think that's, you know, where this heads. I'm looking forward to that six man when it finally happens. Yeah. The question will be, does that happen as early as May or, or perhaps is that something that you try to save or can you build it long enough to all out in September? Again, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question. I think today, right. um, a lot of it depends on, on Omega and, and what yeah. exact injuries is he dealing with and how long does he want or need to be out for? Yeah, it's it's really crazy to think, and I was thinking of this yesterday, only because the the AEW upper deck trading cards were, I think, released this week, or I think it was yesterday specifically. Uh, you've got Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and Lance Archer. Now, again, I, you can argue that one of these things is not like the other. They are all bigger talents, though, so they are all on the on the sidelines right now, uh, and 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 AEW is a busy place so when you reintroduce those three it's going to just get that much more crowded absolutely i mean i and i know our friend rob talks about like that they could have dream match after dream match on dynamite and and i do think they have to be careful not to burn through those too you know too quickly but there is a ton of them they can do i mean there's no question or matches that when they announced them, similar to when they did Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. It was one of those matches that you're like, I didn't even know I wanted to see that. I hadn't even thought about that match. And now I really want to see that match. Um, so, you know, honestly, Rampage tonight, um, and I know unfortunately there's an injury that happens, although the match gets completed. And I know it won't be booked quite the way I would like it to be to really give it time. Adam Cole versus Jake Atlas. When Cole said that on on Dynamite, I was like, "Dang, I really want to see that. That sounds really good." Uh, so I think it's man the the embarrassment of riches that AEW has on that roster right now, and it's only going to get better. Uh, what what did you think? I'm curious of the uh, the Punk MJF segment on Wednesday night. Oh, I loved it. I, I've I've loved everything that they've done. I have not been a critic of it all. Maybe I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses all the time, and if I am, shame on me or not, because it's again, you like what you like, uh, and I like it. So I thought it's I, I thought it's a lot of fun. I did find someone's comment online to be really funny uh, about the whole like shoot promo thing that they're kind of walking a fine line, and someone said until MJF mentions Colt Cabana in reference to CM Punk, they're really not crossing the line, which. Again, there's history there. They used to be friends. Maybe they are friends. Maybe it's just not public knowledge. Maybe they've maybe they've healed that wound. Maybe they, they haven't, but they will both work for the same company. So, um, yeah. No, I loved it. Um, again, I I can't wait for this match, but I also don't want them to, like, I want it to mean something. Like, I want it to, like, be, like, to me, that's a match where you go, we can get people to pay for this, and then we can make a lot of money. So why not do that? But can they wait until March, what is it, 4th, 5th, the 5th or 6th for a revolution? I don't know. 
I, I think they can. I was a little surprised, I'll be honest. The only thing that surprised me in that segment was when MJF said, next week it's going to be you versus, and you knew it wasn't going to be him. I thought he was going to say Sean. Like, I thought it was going to almost be the five layers of Jericho again. Uh, you know, Sean uh, Spears. Spears. Keep thinking Sean Stasiak, and I'm like, dear God, no, not that guy. Um, <laughs> Sean Spears. You know, I, so I thought it was going to be a little bit, and you build to Wardlow because they're they're building Wardlow really strongly right now um finally because i think they've had something in him for a long time they've just never really gotten it out of first gear with wardlow uh, and he is getting over like rover with the crowd right now they are loving this powerbomb symphony thing so well uh, and the interesting thing i think for me now with what happened with um sean dean and punk and and mjf taking a loss via dq they're also building the MJF versus Wardlow whenever, however, but that's, that, that's got to happen in 2022. It's just a matter of when, um, what will MJF do to cost Wardlow the match next Wednesday? That's the thing. That's the thing I'm wondering. Um, when I think of how they're going to interact. And again, we should have had this match at full gear and by, by pure luck, we got punk Kingston instead. And, and, and it's all worked out. This is all worked out great. Right. Absolutely. And and I love that they're telling two different stories at the same time with MJF. Um, and they're doing that in other places too. But, you know, even, even with Cole and O'Reilly and Fish, they've got their thing going on with Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. And they've got, you know, the tension with Young Bucks. And, you know, the, the multi-level storytelling that they're doing right now in AEW is really interesting. Um, and, and I think Punk and and MJF and MJF and Wardlow is a really good um, example of that. And, and then you have the pinnacle on top of that, which every time MJF is with FTR, I forget they're all in the pinnacle together because they haven't really pushed the pinnacle as a group, which is a little weird. And I wish they would. Um, Cause I think there's legs in factions and, and they've kind of backed off of factions a little bit after really, um, uh, diving into him for a while and now you know it death triangle is are they a thing are they not a thing like you know i don't know it's interesting to see um i i love the line about go main event night four of the buy one get one free extravaganza before you get released um i don't know i love the line it was good it was very punk and very everybody knew what he was saying without saying the word wrestlemania although they said wrestlemania um so, I yeah, love what they're doing there. Um, how how about the how about the world title match? How about Hangman Page, Brian Danielson? They went to a one hour draw in the month of December at Winter Is Coming. They had the rematch here. I mean, I didn't like the outcome because I really wanted Brian Danielson to win the world title. I'm not mad at the outcome. Um, I'm, I'm selfishly not happy because I've got Brian Danielson in our fantasy league. First time we've mentioned that this year and many there more to come. We'll uh, yeah. Uh, just an amazing match. And again, I've not seen a, a ton of wrestling this week. The best match I saw before that was the five way from day one. Uh, then that became the best and has been the best match I've seen since I am working my way through the wrestle kingdoms. Uh, spoiler free so we'll see how how those stack up um and how i'm able to get through those or not uh in the days to come 
so yeah, but what just what an amazing match. What are your thoughts? And and I know there's a big, you know, uh opinion I think out there about the use of blood and and then this match with double blood. So uh, do you have an opinion on that? I, I was fine with it. Um with the blood piece. I me personally, and I understand people that have different opinions on this. Um uh, when blood is used effectively, I'm okay with it. I assume that they have a testing protocol and that sort of thing to make sure everybody's good on bloodborne pathogens and that sort of thing. So I'm fine with it. You know, when you do it for no reason in a match that means nothing, or you're doing it every match, like ECW has been accused of in the past, which isn't always a fair accusation. Um, You know, there are times where it's like, okay, I like a lot of what GCW does, but I do think they lean a little heavily on blood sometimes um, and don't necessarily need it in every situation that they've used it. I was fine with it here because they don't do it a lot in AEW. Uh, Yeah, I was fine with it here. I was kind of waiting in that match. I love the match to begin with. and, And I agree with you. It's the best match I've seen so far this year without question. Um, I was kind of waiting when Danielson had Paige's arms and they were on the ring around the ring post and he was going to pull him into the ring post, i.e. Nigel McGuinness. Um, you and I both remember that, you know, horrifying, frankly, and terrible decision by Nigel McGuinness to just take that bump straight on his head, right into the ring post numerous times. Um, not a good decision by Nigel probably led to the end of his career, but Excuse me. Um, uh, so the blood thing didn't bother me. Loved, loved, loved the match. I actually, early on, I thought they're going an hour again. This is going to be AEW's Joe Punk. They're going to do two one hours, and then they're going to do a no time limit match that's going to end in 20 minutes because everybody's expecting them to go over an hour. They shortened the story in that one, um, and they went 30 minutes in this one, but it was 30 great minutes, and about the 20-minute mark, I was like, no, they're not going an hour. Now that they're going too hard too early. Yeah, the pace. The, yeah. And, and again, the, the pace was amazing, and both guys are amazing. My word. Again, yeah, I think no. it's, been a, it's been a no-brainer on Brian Danielson. I think we both know that. I think anyone who's listening would, would agree with that statement. I think Adam Page has always had a huge and a, and a super high ceiling I think he's taking it to a new level, and I'm and I'm and I'm really excited for whatever is going to come next. I agree, and I think to build Page, you needed to give him this this win. Sorry, I got a tickle in the throat that just no, doesn't want it, to do it. it's it's all good. My throat's a little scratchy too, so I understand. Um, I think we I think when we were ta- chatting kind of after full gear, we thought that you know. By now, Danielson would have won the title. We both, I think, are wrong on that, if that was our opinion. And now, the next event, Revolution, it makes you wonder, are they are they done? Like, you know, is this, you know, does, does this, did this end on Wednesday? And if so, who then is the next challenger for Paige? I don't think it's MJF or Punk, because I think, you know, they have to get through each other before they're in the world title scene, perhaps. Could it be Brian Danielson for a third time? And how do we and, and what what is what is the story that gets us there? And if it's not Brian Danielson, then who? 
my pick right now is John Moxley. Okay. Um, GCW has strongly inferred that at the end of the month, he's going to be working the Hammerstein show. They haven't officially announced that, uh, <clears throat> but they've strongly inferred it, which means in my mind, I don't think they would do that without talking to John Moxley and, and hearing from him when he might be back. Well, which, and wouldn't, <clears throat> he, wouldn't he have to come back to AEW first in your I, mind? And I was just going to say that, which to me means in the next couple of weeks, he's going to show up at AEW. If, if that's the case, if that's the case, I agree. His first return to wrestling, I would be stunned if it was in GCW because I would be stunned that Tony Khan would allow that. <clears throat> um, so I, I got to think he's on his way back. Um, if Rampage was live tonight instead of taped, I would have said I that there was a strong chance he could even come back and help Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz in their in their uh, no DQ or street fight or whatever it is they have tonight uh, against 2.0 and, and Garcia, but it's taped. I have not read the spoilers, but I haven't seen, you know, anything on Facebook that says, Oh, major return at rampage or, you know, anything like that. So I don't think that happens tonight. I, I have effectively avoided rampage spoilers pretty much the whole run of rampage. So um, I like that. I like not knowing uh, with rampage, especially, but um, yeah, so that's my pick right now because I think you could do the Moxley was in the tournament, never got the chance to win it. Maybe as a heel, even um, since it seemed like he was kind of starting to lead that way before he left. Um, and what a redemption story it would be uh, for him to to come back and be in the world title picture. So that's my like. I think that might be where it goes because I agree with you. I don't know how you get to Danielson three. If page one on some sort of a fluke roll up or something, you could do that. But I mean, you beat him clean, middle yeah, of the ring. And you and I both love tournaments, but I wonder, I wonder how much, how many world title eliminator tournaments are too many. Right. You know, I, 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 AW did it really well. I think last year, both in the world title piece and in the tag title piece. I, again, I don't have again that research team is on hiatus. Yeah, uh, in, in, uh, indefinitely. I don't. I don't know how many times they did that last year. It might have been just one each. Um, that's all I can think of at the moment. But it could have been more. Again, how often do you want to employ that as a strategy in your storytelling um, to determine challengers? Right. Like you have the rankings, that should be enough. But then when you have the world title eliminator tournaments as well, it's another way to get someone into that spot. And I'd have to look at last week's rankings. I'm curious to see, you know, with Danielson losing who becomes the new number one contender in the ranking. I looked at those, but I didn't, I didn't uh, commit them to memory. So um, let me, let me try to look those up while I'm doing that. uh, Interested in your thoughts on battle for the belts, which is this weekend. I am guessing that's only a one hour show. It, according to my DVR uh, on YouTube TV, it's only set for an hour. It looks like. Very interesting. Very interesting in that in that in in response to that because you would have thought it would have been more than an hour. Had that being said, you know if it's two hours, then it probably feels. How do you make it feel different than than dynamite? Right. No, hundred percent. And uh, and it, and then it's really not the battle for the belts. It's battle for just a few belts. A couple of belts, right? And and if it's only an hour. Uh, 
my guess is it's just Cody and Sammy and, and Britt and Rio, and maybe you throw one other non-belt match in there, I guess, unless they set something up on Rampage tonight. You know, maybe Wardlow kills somebody else or something. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. Um, I think it's odd that it's a live special if it's only an hour. But Yeah, what else are they going to tape? And, right. and, and then when do we get that? Yeah, maybe they'll tape some, some Dark Elevation stuff. Uh, I assume they taped some of that on Monday or on Monday, on Wednesday as well. But maybe they didn't. So here were the rankings before Wednesday night. Danielson, zero and zero, number one. Adam Cole, zero and zero, number two. Wardlow, zero and zero, number three. Scorpio Sky, one and oh. And Powerhouse Hobbs, one and oh. And we know know Wardlow won Wednesday, so he's now one and oh. And Cole has a match tonight. So, presuming Cole wins tonight, you would believe Cole bumps up to one for next week, and and Wardlow stays. Then Wardlow goes to two. I think Danielson maybe goes to three, even even though he has a loss. It's arguable his loss is greater than the wins that Hobbs and Sky had. Right. So, that's and then for what it's worth, um, the tag rankings. Uh, that's one thing we haven't talked about yet. And again, this ties back into the whole question about Battle of the Belts. There were three championships on the line on Dynamite. Battle for the Belts only has two title defenses. Kind of seems like you could have flipped the name of the shows. Um, I digress. Um, the, uh, The Lucha Bros lost their belts on Wednesday in the main event to Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express, does that make them the sixth champs fifth or sixth champs fifth or sixth yeah i'd have to uh, do that. yeah so kazarian and daniels or kazarian and sky then the bucks, the bucks. then omega, uh, no, omega 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 and page then the bucks no yes then then ftr Anyway, you see, again, we can't we can't do this podcast without our research team. Um, I digress. We were talking about rankings. So um, the acclaimed were number two at one and zero, having one. The Bucks were third at zero and zero. Uh, Santana Ortiz fourth at zero and zero, and FTR at zero and zero uh, in the fifth spot. So again, Lucha Brothers the and are the sixth tag champs. Six. Uh, the Bucks have only won it once. Uh, okay, we were, we were wrong on that. SCU, then Omega and Page won it from SCU. FTR won it from Omega and Page. The Bucks won it from FTR. Lucha Brothers from the Bucks. We had uh, the Bucks much higher in that in 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 their championship lineage. We did. They did not win it. Uh, it was about a year. Uh, SEU won them on October thirtieth and nineteen. The Bucks won them November seventy uh, seventh of twenty twenty, according to the list I'm looking at, which seems like it's probably just November seventh, since the seventy seventh isn't a date. The research on solely.org also just as good as us. Oh, uh, the card tomorrow night is changing for Battle of the Belts. Breaking news. Safety protocols are in place. AEW made the announcement. Annette just told us that. So something is afoot. Mm. Interesting, interesting. We'll see what happens there then. Good thing we're not doing those picks for head-to-head, I guess. Well, um, and, and tag team, you, you mentioned that, you know, in the rankings, 
good for Jurassic Express. I'm thrilled. They have been one of my favorite acts in AEW all along. So I'm I'm super glad that they are doing that uh, or that they won them. So, well, Tom, should we move on? We're we're moving along here time wise. Yeah, lots lots to cover on AEW. I think we hit the high notes. There's been more that's happened since we last really talked about it, but um, yeah, those are the big items. All right. Well, 2021 awards was just on my list here. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. If you had to name your wrestler of the year and tag team of the year, Tom. Uh, tag team. Yeah. Tag team of the year would be the Lucha bros uh, because they were part of my match of the year with the young bucks. I think they really finally had what um, they, they had what they were destined for in terms of their, their, the, the, the peak of their talent. I don't want to say they've peaked by any means, but I think they, they, their, their full actualization of, uh, of of who and what they could be in AEW came together, uh, and I thought they were pretty amazing. Uh, and what a great way to then transition in 2022 by by passing the torch to the to Jurassic Express, which will be an interesting team um, to determine how long they have a reign. Um, Jungle Boy uh, now joins Sammy and MJF, even though the ring really doesn't count as a title, it is a title, for lack of a better term, as being uh, three of the five pillars, or four of the five pillars, if you count Britt Baker as the fifth pillar, uh, to have titles. The only person that does not have a title, no, I'm correct, no, Darby, Darby's been TNT. So all of the pillars, all of the pillars have had championships. Yep, I was I was waiting, I was like, he's going to catch that. He's going to catch the yeah, Darby. Yeah, team. yeah. Yep. Well, need, need one more cup of coffee here as we're recording this morning. So. <laughs> the only one that you can make the argument is MJF and whether the ring counts, like you said. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, tag team of the year, uh, Lucha Bros. Um, wrestler of the year, good question. Uh, I, I need some time to think about it. Uh, the the question I would pose in response to your ask of that would be, in ring only, or in ring and box office, or just box office. So it's kind of a three-part, or kind of a which 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 of those three lanes do you do you want this to fill? I think just who you feel was the who was the guy uh, in in any way you want to see that. I guess whether it's box office, in ring. I mean, I think in ring has to, in my mind, in ring is the most important. Um, piece of that conversation, although box office plays into it, although box office in 21, you know, almost as strange as box office in 20 was. So and what's the word I want? Influence, maybe. So so then I'll then I think it's easier for me to answer because I had a moment of clarity. It's going to be Brian Danielson, because when you look at January to April in WWE, and then you look at September to December in AEW, hard pressed to have someone match the impact in two different universes, for lack of a better term. I don't like that, but that's the word I used. So again, AEW heavy, but also not because Daniel Bryan was Daniel Bryan for the first four months of the year. And even as Daniel Bryan, though, had a really good match with Roman Reigns and and, and other things. So, yep. um, yeah, I my wrestler of the year is either Brian Danielson or Kenny Omega. 
because uh, I think Omega had a great run as champion, kind of as that final boss. I think it was a great story. I think he had really, really good matches every time out. Um, even with that botched powerbomb in the six-man or eight-man or ten-man or whatever in the world tag team that was with Luchasaurus, um, which they made, you know, had some fun with along the way. I, I, Roman Reigns is in that conversation uh, because I think his matches have been very good this year. And he has obviously been, um, you know, box office wise has been the top of the top company in the world. So, but in ring, Danielson is the guy who every time he gets announced for a match, I go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, So I'm with you there. Tag team. Yeah, Lucha Brothers were high on my list when I was thinking about this last night. Uh, the Briscoes are high on my list too, though. I think they've had really, really good, strong matches this year too. Uh, <clears throat> nobody in WWE, I'm, I, you know, the Usos are good. The New Day is good, but they're not at that level right now for me. <clears throat> and I haven't booked that way. It probably helps when your tag belts are booked as important too. So that, you know, AEW and Ring of Honor both have done a very, very good job of that. Um, I have not seen barely any New Japan this year. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I, I feel bad. I, I feel like wrestler of the year Shingo Takagi probably belongs in that conversation, but I haven't seen enough of it. I just know he's really, really good. So I'm sure if I had seen more of Shingo, I probably would have him in that conversation as well. But I just I just haven't seen as much New Japan this year. Very little, actually. So um, any other awards you can think of, Tom, that you wanted to hand out since we didn't talk about this ahead of time? <laughs> yeah, so, no, I think match of the year, wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, you know, make a lot of sense. You know, if, if, if I, I don't think it needs to be gender exclusive, uh, but if you wanted to say female wrestler of the year, even though I think she still has so much room to grow, you, 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 and, and, this, and this actually touches all the buckets because I think her wrestling needs to be elevated more. Britt Baker. I mean, the, the, the way she's over with the crowd and her character, this is pretty unbelievable. Totally agreed. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I can make an argument against anybody as anybody as women's wrestler of the year outside of Britt Baker. I, I think far and away, I, again, I don't see impact enough. So Deanna Prazo probably deserves some conversation in that. Um, WWE, sorry, they just haven't booked any of them strongly enough. Well, and yeah, and I think from from a from a performance standpoint, you I think could really make a good argument. Bianca Belair deserves to be there, but she's been featured and utilized so poorly at times. Right. She's also been featured really well too. So it's kind of like which uh, which cheek do you want to get slapped on? The one that hurts more, or the one that hurts less? Right. Absolutely. Neither, preferably. But. Uh, <laughs> But um, so, yeah, 2021 was an interesting year. Hopefully 2022, we can start to get back to normal. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation again for another time. The other thing we wanted to do was look back a little bit. Last year, uh, December 29th, we recorded our last podcast of 2020. uh, And we made some predictions at that time. We didn't get a chance to do that at the end of the year here in 21 because of our time schedules and, and what we had to get recorded. But I thought we'd look back. I listened back to that episode last night, Tom. 
and we each made three predictions. You have not listened back to that episode, so you don't remember what our predictions were. I didn't remember what our predictions were. I remembered one of mine, I should say. Um, before I listened back, I didn't remember any of yours. I remembered one of mine. So I'll just give them the order that we did and uh, and then get your reaction on each of them as we, we see how we did. Um, I got to be honest, we did pretty well, all things considered. Uh, my first prediction was that Adam Page would win the AEW world title sometime in 2021. And I did say when I made that prediction that I thought it was kind of a, you know, I'm seeing if I can hit a single to start here, you know, seemed like a pretty easy prediction to make. Uh, I don't know that I thought it would take quite as long as it did, but we put a check mark by it. I was right on that prediction. So your first prediction was that either Shingo or Sonata would win the IWGP World Heavyweight title in 2021. We put a check mark by that one. You thought it was six, you said 60 40, 60% you thought it would be Sonata, 40% Shingo. So you weren't dead on there. Uh, you were a big Sonata fan at that point last year. I don't know where you land on Sonata right now. Um, I know you haven't seen as much New Japan in this year as much like me. Um, so I, I thought that was a pretty bold prediction, frankly, last year, and it came true. I would have not. I do not. I laugh. I laugh by the inclusion of Sonata there. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm very cold on Sonata now. Nothing against Sonata. Again, it's all of my uh, lack of New Japan uh, watching. So I thought that was a that was a great pick. Um, it's going to get better in a minute. Uh, my number two prediction was that the Road Warriors or LOD would have wrestling figures announced in 2021. Um, and they did. Uh, Junk Shop Dog is putting them out. They haven't put them up for pre-order yet. They're the old Popey style, um, soft vinyl figures. So uh, maybe not what I was hoping for. I was hoping for Storm Collectibles or uh, Mattel or somebody like that. And there's still hope in 22 for that, obviously. But uh, so they they do have those. Um, Storm Collectibles, I don't know if you saw, Tom, has announced a Minoru Suzuki uh, figure. And uh, Storm Collectibles, I, their, their figures look awesome. I have their Jushin Liger. Their Hogan's look awesome. Um, I've, I've won some money in fantasy football this year. When Minoru goes up for pre-order, Minoru Suzuki's coming home. So um, your second prediction, this is the one I think we'll have probably the most conversation around. Your second prediction, you said you were going to go way out on a limb on. You predicted that CM Punk would return to the pro wrestling world, and if he did, it would be with All Elite Wrestling. Grand slam, Tom. Absolute wow. grand slam. Wow. Yeah, I think I, I can I can remember that, and I would love to listen to how I sounded when I made that prediction or what we discussed at the time. Uh, because even until he showed up in August, I wasn't convinced. I know there was a lot of buzz out there. Um, but yeah, until he showed up, I just, I, I, you know, it was too good to be true, it felt. Uh, and it's been amazing since. So that's cool. Yeah. I was, when I listened, I didn't remember you predicting that at all. Um, and when I heard it back, I just started laughing in my car. I was like, my goodness. And, and I even made a comment when you did it. I said, well, that's, that's a bold prediction. But I did agree with you that if it happened, it would probably be an AEW. Uh, so nice job on that one. Uh, my third prediction was that Adam Cole would win the WWE or Universal title at some time in 21. Swing and a miss. Um, did not get anywhere close to that. And uh, your third prediction, you were 
you were in the ballpark of being right, I think, on. You had that women would main event SummerSlam. The women would main event SummerSlam. They did not, uh, but the women did main event one of the nights of WrestleMania, which, granted, had happened prior um, with the three-way a couple of years back. But um, so, so you were, you felt strongly that women would, you know, main event one of the major pay-per-views. It just happened being Mania instead of SummerSlam. I think maybe we were also, we we didn't know Mania was going to be a two-night show at that point. I don't think we did. I don't think we knew what Mania was going to be at that point. Um, of December of 2020. So it, it'd be what it'd be at that point. So well, they're uh, fun to hear back on. And yeah, uh, I'm sure that uh, Adam Cole, uh, even though that would have been cool, um, I think that way his 2021 played out was a little bit better than either of those two outcomes. Uh, yeah, because they weren't going to happen. I mean, just, yeah. So then that begs the question, what is going to happen in 22? So I thought it'd be fun if each of us made three predictions again. If we can come up with them, we'll try. Um, I, I, and I I knew we were doing this, and I still haven't put a ton of thought into it. Um, and I got the, the Iggy about 90 minutes ago. Right. So I've not so, given this a lot of thought either. <laughs> exactly. Right, and you've and you've set the bar incredibly high by rerunning last year's and me doing so well. So and and the funny part was, you said last year. I said, "Well, do you want to do like three or four of these?" Literally said this on the air, and you were like, "I will try to come up with three. And I mean, you hit two home runs, and you know, a single or double on the third one, I'd say, or at least hit by pitch or something. Um, you got a base with it, anyways. Well, you stoked the competitive fire. Uh, by 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 running those back. So yeah, we'll do three again. And uh, I'm, my my brain is the gears are turning. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll go with the first. My first one. Um, I don't know if this is a prediction. Whatever. I am going to say that Ring of Honor does run Supercard of Honor. Um, and I don't feel strong about that, but. I'm going to put that out as a prediction because I think there's a lot of question around that. Obviously we've talked about that before. My prediction is going to be ring of honor does run super card of honor. Does ring of honor make it to final battle 2022? I'm not sure on that one. Um, but I think they will run super card of honor. I'll, I'll, I like that. And this has been something that's been on my mind for a minute and it's kind of the, 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 the footprints uh, or the blueprint maybe uh, is a better way to say it are kind of already out there for this. But I think it's going to even uh, snowball larger. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is going to take the Ring of Honor world title and make it a modern-day NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, uh, defending it in numerous territories. It's already set up for Impact. It's already set up for GCW. It's already set up for Terminus. I think that, and that's literally just in the next, um, I think, three weeks. weeks uh, I, I think, I think that as twenty two continues, and when 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 we look back on twenty two, you're going to say, "Wow, Jonathan Gresham is a throwback for many reasons, right? Technical wrestling being one of those, and pure wrestling being maybe another. But then with the importance of a world championship, a pro wrestling world championship." He's going to bring and do for that title 
what uh, Dusty Rhodes did uh, or Ric Flair did for the NWA uh, championship in the 80s. Which is, which is, and I'll and I will say one more thing on that. It's it's interesting to do that. Uh, thirty, forty years, thirty-five, forty years in the future, because we're in a different wrestling landscape. But I think it's going to be a throwback, and it's going to do well. People are going to uh, going to connect to it. I think the biggest thing for that to happen is Ring of Honor's got to start, got to run their own show starting in the spring too, but still have him doing that while still running their own shows. Uh, if they don't come back and run their own shows, I think that's going to run out of steam by the middle of the year. Uh, maybe by April. If they don't come back in April, I think that could end that all real quick. But that's just my opinion. Um, my number two prediction, I don't know that I'm going out on a limb here. Braun Breaker will be on the main roster by the end of 2022. I, I think they've got a rocket strapped to him. Obviously, they put the title on him on Tuesday night. I don't know how you get the title off him unless you do the Asuka thing where he moves up to the main roster and just gives up the title and then they run a tournament or something like that to crown the new champion. Uh, they see, clearly see a lot in the kid. They should. They should. He's a very talented guy. He's got a good personality. He's got a great look. Um, I love the video that they put up afterwards of, of Rick in the ring with him celebrating. Um, I saw a picture just this morning of Ciampa, uh, after he lost the match, walked over and shook Rick Steiner's hand before he went back to the back, before Rick got into the ring. I thought that's pretty classy. It's Tommaso Ciampa, though. He's a classy guy. At least he he's always struck me as a classy guy. Um, but that's going to be my prediction. Bre Ron Breaker is on the main roster as a featured star. And maybe in now the 2.0 version, maybe they'll actually figure out how to, this might be a bigger prediction if I made it, but I'm not. Maybe they'll figure out how to move people from NXT to the main roster and not kill them the minute they come up on the main roster. My second prediction is going to be that we're going to see the first talent uh, that really gets over or is notarized by AEW get signed by WWE. I know that's kind of a big, bold prediction, because I and especially I don't know the contract statuses. Something's going to happen this year, though, I think, that's going to lead to someone leaving. And the, the trajectory of the competition is going to continue to be hot and heavy, and WWE is going to finally, you know, say we have to grab this person, whomever that might be. And by star, you don't mean, and I'm just going to throw a name out, you don't mean Sonny Kiss. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. It, it's going to be someone who's had, you know, ample television time. Okay. Um, I can tell you one guy I bet they are, they are jumping over themselves to try and figure out contract status on is Wardlow. Um, I can see Vince being very enamored with a guy like Wardlow. Uh, my guess is they've got him locked up for quite a while, but especially with the push they're giving him right now. Uh, but that's somebody that I could see Vince just jumping over himself to try to figure out a sign. Um, all right. Last prediction. I got a WWE one. I got a ring of honor one. I feel like I should have an AEW one. What do I want to say in AEW? I think trying to decide who I, I got a couple of things percolating in my head right now. 
I think uh, that feels too easy. Red Dragon wins the AW tag titles this year. I think Red Dragon. I was going to say Adam Cole wins a singles title, but I think that's almost a foregone conclusion that that'll happen this year, um, at least in my head. I don't know that I see that with Red Dragon for sure, so let's just go Red Dragon. Um, I don't feel like I really went out. You know, I didn't go out on a CM Punk limb here with any of my predictions, but Red Dragon, AEW champs. I'm writing this down as though I'm actually going to still have this piece of paper a year from now, um, which I will. File it away. Uh, uh, so my last one will be WWE centric, uh, because I feel like the first one was independent, you know, broad pro wrestling. The second one, even though it's a WWE like outcome, it's an AEW like issue. I think, I think something finally becomes contentious in AEW, which leads to my second prediction. Then someone leaves, uh, or gets termed. Uh, I'm going to say Damian Priest wins a world championship in WWE this year. I don't know which title, and I won't say that now, um, but it will either be the World Heavyweight or the Universal Championship. I like that prediction a lot, and I, I don't uh, I don't disagree with it. I don't, don't at all. I, I had a hard time coming to that decision, not that I don't think he's not worthy or won't be deserving at some point. Um, I was trying to think of someone who has not already been featured. And it seems like the same cast of characters in WWE, which also explains why I'm not super high in the product. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I agree. I was trying to think. Um, Annette's prediction is that uh, Brian Danielson will compete in the G1. I like that a lot. Awesome. I think if protocols will allow for it, I could definitely see um, that. And hopefully by the fall, you know, we're in a better place than we are right now, uh, which is not great. Uh, I like that prediction a lot. I do. I was trying to come up, Tom, with I like your priest prediction. I was trying to come up with like somebody who I thought was maybe not the obvious pick to win a world title uh, this year, and I was I was trying to think of it in AEW, and I, I just couldn't. I think Paige, Danielson, Cole, Omega, Mox. Um, I, I don't even know that I could put Malachi Black yet in that realm, but I think he could be. I think he could be a future world champion. I just, they got so many guys right now at the top of that card that it, it's going to be something. Um, another prediction for me is Bray Wyatt will return somewhere. He will show up somewhere this year. I wouldn't be stunned if it's WWE. We'll see, but I wouldn't be stunned if he ends up back in WWE. Uh, well, that is uh, all we had on the docket for this morning. Tom, anything else you want to touch on or? Or say before we... Yeah, no, not now. Again, that interesting breaking news about protocols uh, related to health and wellness uh, as we still navigate the pandemic now impacting tomorrow's battle for the belts. Interesting to see how that's going to change what that card might look like. Uh, and uh, again, thankfully, I'm still spoiler-free on, on Wrestle Kingdom. A lot to watch. I'm only on match three on night one. So... Uh, and there's like 10 each night. So. Fingers crossed... Uh, that I find the time uh, to watch those between now and the next time we record next week. So yeah, that'll be, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And I, I have not seen Wrestle Kingdom. I have read the results because I just knew I wasn't going to have time. And uh, so I'll be interested to get your, your feedback on having seen it versus what I think having uh, read about it. So. Yeah. Th and this is, this is my new Japan world swan song for the, for 
for a period of time. Again, we've talked about this numerous times here previously uh, that they got they got my money. I think all twelve months last year, and I can definitely tell you that I maybe didn't even watch twelve hours of it. So uh, um, I, I let it roll over into January because I knew I was going to want to see either all of Wrestle Kingdom night one and night two, or pick my spots. Um, so far, I haven't started picking my spots, depending on how much, how long it takes me to get through night one. I may pick my spots on night two. Uh, I had to pick I had to pick night two blind in our in our fantasy league. So if 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 you if you scored those, I, which you may have already, and you yeah. questioned why I picked what I picked, I didn't have any context for night one. So um, I'm going to either look really dumb. Uh, really, really smart, or somewhere in the middle, which could also be the tagline for me on this podcast. <laughs> well, I forgot to put a picks for night two for myself, so I got exactly nothing out of that. Um, in fact, as I got up on Wednesday morning and was looking at the results, it dawned on me like, you dummy, you didn't do your own picks. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Annette says, praying you feel better, Jim. Both of you have a great weekend. Thank you, Annette. I appreciate that. I really do feel better than I sound. Um, the wife, on the other hand, not feeling so hot this morning. So I'm uh, headed off to take care of that uh, next. She's got a doctor's appointment uh, this morning now scheduled. So get her off to that. So everybody uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm. It's cold here, although it's going to be warm again by the middle of next week. Um, warm-ish for January anyways, Nebraska. But uh, stay safe. Stay warm. Stay healthy, please. Let's all stay healthy. And uh, we will talk to you next week back here on Two Spot Monkeys Live.